0: to the eighth edition of dad's podcast dad's hometown memories back when we started this there were a couple of reasons for getting dad's thoughts and memories on the internet through this podcast first was to preserve his memories for all of us in the family second we wanted to share his memories of life in smithville and his family life with the many people who would love to reminisce about the history of the area since he started dad has heard from lots of people regarding how much they enjoy the podcast but it has also led to more questions that people have for Dad regarding the history of Smithville. Those questions have become part of subsequent podcasts. We want to take some time to thank Scott Rosts from the Grimsby Lincoln News for coming to the house and interviewing Dad about the podcast. Scott did a wonderful job on the article, and Dad was thrilled to do it. Thanks again, Scott. So far, episodes of the podcast have been downloaded and listened to over 700 times. Most listeners, 93% of them to be exact, are from Canada, but other listeners live in New York, Michigan, New Jersey, Maryland, Florida, Arizona, California, and Holland. So thanks to everyone for sharing this around. We hope you'll notice a change in the quality of this podcast. We got Dad a new microphone set up for Christmas and this episode is the first one in which he has used this newer technology. Finally, Dad has some new ideas for the podcast for the new year. For instance, he has plans to take his show on the road and interview people in the community. Watch for that episode before the end of January. Now it's time for episode eight, so let's head over to the print shop. Thanks so much, as always, for stopping in.
1: podcast I want to share my views of our village of Smithville and what I think the Board of Trade as it was named in the early days and later the Chamber of Commerce as an organization has contributed to the development of the community. In the early 1900s the businessmen had an organization called the Smithville Board of Trade. Some of these businessmen included R.E. Book, A.T. Michelle, A.G. Bolter, William Hunter, William Henderson, Charles Adams and others. Over the years, the names changed and several times the board was disbanded. In 1946, a new group of businessmen got together and formed the Smithville Chamber of Commerce. The first president was Dr. J. H. Leeds. Fred Book was named vice president and Claude McCollum was named secretary and treasurer. The group met monthly in the commercial hotel dining room, then owned by Mr. and Mrs. Steve Mate who served a delicious meal for the members. Membership was very good in the initial years. Just two years earlier, in 1946, the Royal Canadian Legion Branch 393 was organized and these were the two service clubs in the community. In the early developing days of the village, the Board of Trade was very influential in bringing the hydro to the village. A number of businessmen formed a group to negotiate with the power company of the Coup Falls in Niagara, which had a power line stretching from the Coup to Hamilton that passed through South Grimsby Township along Young Street. Acquiring power was extremely important to the businesses and to the village. A line was erected from Young Street to the village in 1915, and a contract with Dominion Power and Transmission Company was signed. The first system was 25-cycle, and later in the 1950s, the system was changed to 60-cycle, and this created many changes to business and to households. This business development was also the start of the incorporation of the police village of Smithville. This also was the year the police village elected people to manage the affairs of the village. Elected to the board were R.J. Goring, Charles Grassy, N.W.F.H. Patterson. Smithville had been a police village once before in 1887. The trustees were Andrew Patterson, Edward Atkins, and Hugh Walker. The people became dissatisfied with the system and in two years reverted to the township. Another interesting historical note about Hydro in the area is that in 1908 the Ontario Hydro Commission built its first power line across southern Ontario from Niagara Falls to Kitchener. The line paralleled the 16 road through the former townships of Kester and Gainsborough. Farmers who signed this contract then were paid $25 per tower and the deal was in place for some 30 years. How does this compare to the contract that owners of property were paid for the wind turbines that were just recently completed in 2017? The Smithville Chamber played an instrumental role in the life of the community. In 1950, when the Smithville Intermediate Softball Team won the Intermediate C Championship, the Smithfield Chamber, along with the help of Mrs. Mate and friends, put on a banquet in the Masonic Hall and honored the team by presenting them with jackets, and the Ontario Association presented the trophy and crest. In the 1960, the chamber sponsored and promoted the May 24th fireworks display at the community park, and the community support was very good. Some years they organized bands and other types of acts to entertain the public. It was a very stressful time as members of the chamber also dug the holes in the ground to place the big cannons and then let them to go up and explode to the delight of this audience. In the 1970s, the chamber sponsored a winter festival in the industrial park grounds. Back then, we had a good covering of snow on the ground. Snowmobiles were coming into play, and one year we arranged for helicopter rides. The highlight of the festival was the reindeer soup that was made in a large kettle over a wood fire. Joel Kilpatrick deserves a credit for making the soup a great hit with the fans. The outdoor rink that was built in the community park allowed games for broomball and hockey to be organized and everyone enjoyed themselves. During my term as president of the Chamber of Commerce in 1964 and 65, it was always my ambition to promote growth in the commercial and industrial sector of our municipality. The chamber membership was very agreeable and a committee was formed from local businesses and chamber members to actively engage the township council into buying land in the industrial for industrial development. As president, I formed a committee with two other members, Henry Bud Frith, the TH and B railway station agent at that time, and Gordon Thede, the village superintendent along with James Weston, CEO of the B Railway, we approached the Township Council with a proposal to buy land north of the tracks in Smithville. I, will, I well remember the night we attended the council meeting as the chamber was holding a dance at the Legion Hall, which they did every so often during the fall and winter months. We presented our recommendation to the South Grimsby Township Council, Reeve Ora-Fellas, Councilors Jack Fulford, Angle Delrymple, Clifford Hodgkins, and Donald Switzer. We left the meeting after our presentation, and Bud Frith and I attended the dance at the Legion. We left the council to ponder their decision, and lo and behold, just before midnight, the clerk called us at the Legion to inform us that they had agreed to our proposal, and we would meet with them later to make the arrangements for the program. Our first step was to form a committee, and along with Bud Frith, I chose to ask Rolly Top and Gordon Theed to be the group that would actually negotiate to the purchase the land for the township, as this is what they had agreed to. We had five owners to talk with, and in the end, they were all willing to sell the land as long as it would benefit the township. This was our philosophy, and that in, and that is how our industrial park came to fruition. The Chamber held their meetings at the Canadian Legion Hall during this time period and in the 1970s the membership dwindled and the Chamber folded. In 1980, along with Howard Shepard and another businessman, we reformed the Chamber and the name was now the West Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. I was elected President and Howard Shepard was elected Secretary. Over the recent years, the Chamber has had a very good response from the business community. In my term as president of the chamber, the the membership took on the project of honoring local citizens for their work in the communities of West Lincoln. Our first honoree was Ora Ellis and the recognition was held in the Arena Hall. The program consisted of a dinner and guests who were asked to speak about their friendship with Mr. Ellis. The recipient received a gold watch from Merritt's treasure chest, compliments of Donna and Gove Merritt. A number of other awards were presented on behalf of the township, the province, and the chamber. Mr. Ellis was a known farmer, insurance agent, and was a ball player, a hockey player, school board trustee, counselor, Reeve, hydro commissioner, alderman, warden of Lincoln County, mayor, hunter, and angler, and as well a husband and a father. Joe Belcott was a recipient of the Citizen of the Year in 1982. Joe served in the Air Force during the Second World War, and after returning to this community, he was active in all sports and started playing softball in 1930 in St. Anne's. After retiring from active sports, Joe went into coaching, managing, umpiring, and later was a local convener for both hockey and softball. He was a founding member of the First Recreation Committee in South Grimsby, the Fruit Belt Softball Association, and the Fruit Belt Hockey League. In 1958, he married Jesse Malark, and together they raised a family of two boys and one girl. In 1973, Joe and Jesse established the Trophy Case which were which they operated for many years. Joe was also a charter member of the Smithland District Lions Club and served as president of the Canadian Legion for several terms. He served also on the committee that fundraised for the community arena and hall. Mary Hiscott, wife of Everett Hiscott was honored as Citizen of the Year in 1983. Mary was a great leader in the scout movement, serving some 24 years mainly with Cubs. She attended many scout leaders' camp and attended a number of scout jamborees. She was an active member in the community groups such as the Smithville United Church UCW, Dorcas Chapter of Eastern Star Lodge. Mary was a great worker when it came to the fire department always present when support was needed when a fire happened and supplying food and drink for the firemen. Shirley's sister, wife of Sydney's sister of Kayser Township, was a great leader in the 4-H movement. She started classes in 1957 and spent some 37 years holding two classes per year. Her programs consisted of sewing, cooking, health, first aid, and gardening. She also taught water safety. Shirley was a member of the Merits United Church UCW. In 1984, the chamber honored Shirley's sister at a banquet at St. Martin of Tours Church Hall, and she was presented with a number of plaques and a medallion. That same year, 1984, in honor of Ontario's bicentennial, two local businessmen, J. Nichol Davis and the late Sam Magner, were honored for their lifelong involvement in this community. Nickel Davis was a retired lawyer and solicitor for the township of South Grimsby. Sam Magner was a long-time merchandiser. He was represented by his son Jack, who accepted the honorarium. George Lane, a lifelong resident of Caster Township, was honored for his community work, playing sports, managing and coaching minor softball, and maintaining the sports facilities in the community. The chamber presented George with his medallion and certificates. Next recipient of this Citizen of the Year honor were Roy and Everett Hiscott. Roy was serving as fire chief, and Everett was serving as deputy fire chief of the West Lincoln Fire Department at that time. Roy was also superintendent of hydro, water, and sewer, which was later taken over by the region. Everett was a timeless worker for the fire department. Moreover, he operated James Hiscott and Son Machine Shop. Everett took many courses regarding firefighting and fire safety, which benefited the training of the local firemen. Both men were active in the community. The next year I was honored by the Chamber as a Citizen of the Year and I am truly grateful for this honor. years as I recall the chamber has been involved in many activities regarding the citizens and the community. In the 1960s the chamber encouraged council to install signs at the entrance to the village which proclaimed Smithville as the hub of the Niagara Peninsula. Here I want to give thanks to Harry McDonald who after the war worked as a sign painter for the provincial highway road department and he, on his own time, painted the signs. After receiving permission from the government agencies, the signs were erected. In 1967, the chamber was involved when Stan Sheldrick built the Spirit of Canada hot air balloon and made his maiden flight here in Smithville. Stan wanted to enter the big hot air balloon race in California and was denied entry because he needed a special visa. I took it upon myself to intervene and after contacting MP Jim McNulty in Ottawa, Stan and I journeyed there and Jim had the necessary papers prepared for the visa and Stan was able to join in the balloon race in California. These are things that, we, that can be accomplished by the chamber and its members, along with an MP who was an accomplished member of parliament. Over the years, when I was a member of the chamber along with the township council, we had a number of studies conducted to improve the downtown streetscape. The chamber asked council to look at the benefits of a BIA would do for the downtown area, but there was never enough support to bring it to fruition. In 2001, this township council appointed a commercial and industrial board, which had five appointed members from the community and two members from council. This lasted several years and then council abandoned this idea. Over the years, commercial and industrial businesses have come and gone in our community. In the early 1940s, a bumper factory was established at the end of Dufferin Street, but later on, the highway department took ownership of the building and used it as a storage building and a yard for trucks and plows. At times, there were six or more employees working out of that station. In the early 1950s, a shoe manufacturing firm moved into part of the Shepherd Building on Griffin Street, and that was not successful. In the 1970s, a fabric mill from Dunville used the shepherd Building for some time, employing a number of women. The chamber was involved when Brock University was first established, and a fundraising initiative was prom- promoted throughout the Niagara Peninsula. I remember, I remember taking part in soliciting funds as a committee under the leadership of Fred Moorcroft, who was then employed at General Factories Company. The committee canvassed the three townships, Caster, Gamesboro, and South Grimsby. The fundraising efforts were very successful. In the late 1970s, Smith was a dentist and with the cooperation of the chamber and the township council, they approached a developer who at that time was building a residential building at the corner of Road 5 and 20 Highway. After negotiating with a dentist from Hamilton to come here, a building was built on College Street across from the high school, which is now the public school. The dentist occupied the building for a number of years, and then he moved back to Hamilton. The building sat empty for a number of years. That is when Carruthers Printing bought the building. The business changed ownership when Stephen and Mary purchased the business from me, and now that they have retired, the firm is still flourishing and is now owned by Dave Tamenga and family, still with the name Carruthers Printing. Over the years as I was involved with the chamber there were a number of times that an effort was made to have a Niagara chamber where all the community chambers would amalgamate but this was never accomplished until the last few years when some eight chambers formed an alliance and worked together to promote the commercial and industrial development of the region. Then in in 2014 the chamber directors approached me to come out of retirement and once again become president of the West Lincoln Chamber. My belief has always been that a community needs a strong chamber where business people can meet and socialize and suggest ways to have this community strive and build for the future. Lynn Thomas was a chamber manager at that time. I attended many chamber meetings throughout the peninsula and was part of the group to organize the Niagara Chambers. Rob Wood is now the president. In 2018 will be a banner year for the West Lincoln Chamber as it celebrates some 70 years from when it was constituted in 1948. But it is older than that if you go back to the early 1900s when it was a board of trade. Much of the history was not recorded and kept then, so it is hard to know just how old it is. But it sure is a great milestone in our history here in Smithville. So as my eighth podcast comes to a close, it's time to shut down the presses and close-up shop for another day. I wish the chamber all the best in the coming year and look forward to visiting with you in the coming weeks when my future podcast enjoys.